the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Um. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Residents across a wide portion of the South and Midwest are assessing damage today. Wrought by storms dropped on Friday and Saturday. Dozens of tornadoes, at least 27 people dead in small towns and big cities alike. This is Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Arkansas and Arkansans are tough and we are resilient. Uh, And no matter what comes our way, uh, we will get back up the next day and keep moving. Uh, We will help our neighbors. We will ensure that every Arkansan uh, who needs assistance has it. Uh, Our message and our mission is really simple. The people come first and the paperwork will come second. Meanwhile, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson says he's running for president in 2024, offering himself as an alternative for the Republicans. He's 72 years old. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. This week, another heartbreaking school shooting, this time in Nashville. We thank our wonderful officers for everything that they did to neutralize that threat as fast as they did. All this and more. Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11. Here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. It's AM 1280, The Patriot, moments away from the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Closer Edition with Brad Carlson. Right now, a quick look at your weather forecast. Today's high near 50 degrees, partly sunny skies for the afternoon hours. Tonight's low reaching 32 with partly cloudy skies for the overnight. Monday, partly sunny with the high in the mid-40s. Check out SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com is the best streaming platform out there, and it doesn't require a monthly fee. Executive produced by Salem Media Group, SalemNow.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eight Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I'm not sure if people can tell the difference by uh, what they're hearing, whether you're listening via the Internet at am1280thepatriot.com or Amazon Alexa or the iHeart app, AM1280, the Patriot app, what have you. Uh, we're in a different studio. The jig is up. Uh, so uh, I only say that because normally we have a live stream of the broadcast via our Narn Facebook page, but that's not going to happen today. The uh, uh, the equipment, the camera, particularly specifically the webcam and the PC that we utilize to live stream our Narn broadcast, that's down in the AM1280, the Patriot bunker. So, no, we're we're upstairs today. A fun little factoid that Mitch conveyed uh, yesterday, I believe when he was on with uh, NASCAR Kelly, who was filling in for Jack Tomzak from 3 to 5, Mitch was on and he indicated that that the Patriot bunker was built specifically for that purpose in the event of a nuclear fallout where radio could continue over the airwaves. 
I don't know if that's true, but I'm going with it. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is, can we hold off on the nuclear war just for today? Because we aren't able to utilize Patriot Bunker <laughs> uh, this afternoon. So uh, anyways, glad to be with you. A lot to get to on the broadcast today. You know, Mitch said yesterday, and I, I concur, that we could use a, an extra hour on our respective shows today. In fact, I don't know if it was a passive-aggressive hint, but Mitch was saying, you know, on those weekends I fill in for Brad Carlson, this would be one of those good weekends to do so because I got a whole nother show that I'm going to end up leaving on the table. Uh, was that his passive-aggressive way of maybe saying I should step aside today so he could come in? Oh. <laughs> Uh, I I got a lot to share too, I guess. But the, you know what? There are some weekends uh, where things happen that I would have taken him up on it, but not this weekend. Not this weekend. Definitely a lot to get to. I uh, I I in the second hour, I'm going to spend the duration of the second hour on the Nashville Covenant shooting. Obviously, that's been the story of the week uh, that everybody has weighed in on and is still resonating particularly the aftermath of that. I'm going to save that for the entire 2 o'clock hour because I have a lot to share about that personally. And then at 2.30, Peter Johnson of Archway Defense, who we normally have come on the broadcast in the aftermath of a spree killing like that, uh, he's going to come on to share his viewpoints and how something like this could be prevented uh, quickly. Okay, hint, it ain't via gun control. All right, so if that's a spoiler alert, so be it. But again, I'm going to save uh, my commentary for the Nashville Covenant shooting in the 2 o'clock hour. But I did want to get to some local items from this um, past week. Uh, Josh Vergas at the uh, uh, Pioneer Press wrote an interesting story. It kind of uh, caught my eye. And the headline really shouldn't come as a surprise if you've paid attention at all to what's going on in the Twin Cities, the metro area, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. But the headline reads, Where'd everybody go? Metro shrank as suburbs grew in pandemic years. Again, Josh Vergas from the Pioneer Press. In the the 2010s, Ramsey County's population grew by nearly 44,000 people, or 8.6%, its strongest growth since the 1960s. It took just two years of the coronavirus pandemic to wipe away one-third of that growth, according to Census Bureau estimates released this week. Like metro areas across the country, the capital city became less appealing at a time when density implied danger and many office workers were told to stay home. Hennepin County is down 21,400 residents since the pandemic, or 1.7%, according to Census Bureau estimates released this week. Ramsey's net loss of 15,300 marks a 2.8% drop, worse than every county in the state except Kitson, which is in the northwest corner. The pandemic isn't over, and businesses are still readjusting in terms of of where they have their employees working, says jo- said Jolie Wood, Ramsey County's Deputy Director of Policy and Planning. I think it's going to take some time for this churn to settle down. Okay, I, I think that just sounds like way too convenient of an excuse. The pandemic isn't over. Um, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I get it. COVID is still occurring, and people are still catching COVID. But this idea that the pandemic is still raging on, I mean, when we think of the pandemic, we think of when we were declared a global pandemic a little more than three years ago. And hospitalizations were through the roof. There was serious concern whether there'd be enough ventilators and enough ICU beds. We're we're nowhere near that anymore. Okay? I get it. There are different strains of COVID now, but they're less severe evidenced by hospitalizations and deaths being down. Granted, it's more contagious, but that's, you know, according to the science, that's what happens to viruses over time, is they may get more contagious, but they're definitely less severe. So that that just kind of seems like a convenient, convenient excuse to say, wow, wow, the, 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 the pandemic, the pandemic isn't over. So, you know, once we kind of get back to normal, then... 
uh, you know, the, the, the mass exodus will level off and, and maybe people will start to come back. Well, I'm sorry, once people move out of the city, I mean, again, at Ramsey County is more than just St. Paul, but they're they're talking specifically about, uh, you know, St. Paul and the first ring suburbs in this instance. Uh, I, don't, I don't see them coming back. Uh, I'll continue to read from this. Ramsey County between April 20 and 22 recorded about 3,900 more births than deaths and added 3,600 through international migration. But the number of people leaving for other counties and states exceeded those moving moving in by 23,400. Big metro areas elsewhere have seen the same kind of movement, although the second year of the pandemic wasn't as costly as the first. We believe that the investments we have made and are continuing to make will fuel a return toward population growth, Ramsey County Manager Ryan O'Connor said via email. Ultimately, this later stage pandemic period could very well prove to be an anomaly that will adjust back toward continued growth in the state's most vibrant, diverse, and densely populated county. Uh, I'd like to wager one of Mitch P. Berg's shiny new quarters that that's not going to be the case. I mean, come on. Honestly, people move away, and if things level off from your perspective that uh, with, the, with the pandemic and, and everything else, that people are going to come back? I mean, I think, it, you know, I think it really gave people a, a cue as to this uh, urban density that that's not sustainable. You know, every, you know they, want, they don't want people to drive cars anymore. And they don't want people to have, you know, large pieces of property anymore. In Minneapolis, any new construction is not single-family homes. It's duplexes or quad homes or condominium complexes. They don't, they don't want that. They don't want people to have the single-family homes anymore or drive to and fro. They, and, and hence, they, they try to gin up public transportation. That's why they can't let Southwest Light Rail go, despite the fact that that thing's been an unmitigated disaster. And I live up in Ramsey, where the North Star Rail, when it first got going, I mean, I worked downtown Minneapolis when the North Star Rail first was operational back in, I want to say it was 2012, late 2012, early 2013, something like something along those lines. Uh, or And actually... Actually, what am I thinking? It was earlier than that. Well, whatever, whatever the case. Uh, but when the North Star Rail got going, you know, even then, at the height of its demand, which wasn't very big in demand, it didn't have a lot of ridership. And the subs- the uh, state subsidies per rider was outlandish. Can you imagine what it is now? And the excuse you always heard was, well, well we can't shut that thing off. It costs way more money to shut off than it would to subsidize per rider, so we're, we might as well keep doing it. Yeah, but now it's now the thing is empty. So uh, I'll I'll wrap up real quick uh, on this uh, particular story of the state's eighteen largest counties. Only Ramsey, Hennepin, and St. Louis, which is where Duluth is located, have lost residents since April twenty twenty. The mid-sized counties generally grew, while some of the smallest counties shrunk further. Jack DeWard, an associate professor of sociology who studies migration at the University of Minnesota, said remote work clearly has played a role in people moving away from urban centers. It's also just getting harder to pay for big city life in the United States. Why do you think that is? Care to venture any guesses? It's because of government policies, all these little goodies that they want to pay for. And then when you call out the city of St. Paul, like Representative Mary Franzen called out the city of St. Paul for her car being damaged, driving over one of those potholes, she got a response from Mayor Carter saying, hey, if you just pass this particular bill coming through this legislature, we'll have more money to fill these potholes. Isn't that a basic function of government? What are you using the tax dollars for? It's obviously not filling potholes. And if you've ever driven uh, in in St. Paul, Okay, after a winter storm, it's that much more difficult to get around. So uh, I'll continue with uh, Mr. DeWard's uh, statement here. These core urban centers have a cost of living that's more expensive, and they've become sort of playgrounds for the rich and child and childless and child few, he said. Well, again, 
when you implement policies like, well, like take rent control, for example. Remember how they implemented that, that they capped rent increases at a certain percentage? Well, all of a sudden, people who are investing in real estate in the city of St. Paul, you know, it's not worth the investment anymore because any upgrades they make to their property, they're only going to be able to pass on so much to the renter. So guess what they do? They pull up shop and they get out of there. Guess what that means? Less amount of affordable affordable living for the residents. So you're 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 increasing the gap between the the haves and the have-nots to a wider disparity. And yet we still we they still don't seem to learn these lessons. And one of the and I know somebody has their head in the sand here. But I'll continue with this Pioneer Press piece. As to what's driving people away from big cities, DeWard points to research by Stephen D. Whitaker of the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland, who used consumer credit records to examine people movement in the first year of the pandemic. He found that urban population losses were more the result of declining numbers of people moving in than of city dwellers moving out. Whitaker also found that shrinking cities tended to have more deaths from COVID-19 a greater ability to work from home, and more small businesses remaining open. Perhaps, surprisingly, an increase in homicides did not seem to see to be driving people away. Uh, I'm calling bullpucky on that. Public safety has absolutely been an issue where people have gotten out of Dodge. And you know what? People have been able to work remotely. That's true. And you think about some of the bigger businesses, the bigger corporations that are right you know, within the either downtown or in the first ring suburbs. You know, you still got uh, General Mills out there, you know, up on St. Louis Park. You know, first ring suburb, easily accessible, obviously, from Minneapolis to St. Paul. Well, once you had the opportunity to work remotely, guess what? You weren't bound by geography anymore. Because if you're going to work in St. Louis Park, you know, well, yeah, I want to live in a suburban area. So there's, you know, plenty of sub- suburban areas north, you know, say Ma- Maple Grove, Brooklyn Park, whatever. Well, even some of those suburbs are not exactly immune to, to public safety issues. So all of a sudden, what are people doing? I, I know of some people personally who are moving up to more rural areas. Maybe their their cabin up at the lake that's a couple, three hours away. Certainly that's not practical during the work week if you had to commute. But guess what? Now that you can do remote work, more and more people are opting for the rural life. And, yeah, a lot of businesses are closing in downtown Minneapolis, smaller businesses, coffee shops and whatever else, even the, even your chain stores. And, yeah, public safety may, may be a part of that, but guess what? People just aren't downtown as much. So to say that, uh, to, to dismiss that an increase in homicides didn't seem to be driving people away, well, uh, that's certainly a factor, too, and to completely ignore it. Uh, I think would be uh, delusional. Mark in St. Louis Park is on line one. Uh, Mark, if you want to hold during the break, I promise to take your call when we come back. But we'd have to take a break here. It kind of ran a little bit long in this first segment. Anybody else would like to call in? 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Epiphany Catholic School strives to grow your students' heart and mind to give students an education grounded in faith, knowledge, and virtue. Although educational styles change, the vision of faith-infused education never wavers. Epiphany is committed to forming students into saints and citizens for this world and the next. Epiphany Catholic School is located in Coon Rapids, serving students from pre-K through 8th grade. For more information, visit epiphanyschoolmn.org. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? 
How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline... You could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune Legal Helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-320-7171. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain. Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker. Now streaming AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's play The Patriot Minneapolis. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks all for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. As promised, we want to get to Mark from St. Louis Park. He's been holding on line one. Hey, Mark, good to hear from you. You are on, sir. Brad, as always, thanks for taking my call. Um, just real quick, um, I thought we have the major counties in Florida gaining population. Didn't the pandemic hit Florida also? Yeah, you so know, and, my it, first and, comment. and it's amazing Still they have secure. more senior citizens down there, more vulnerable people too. So, yeah. And their major counties, such as Twin Cities, they're gaining population. So that's a total crock. A real quick couple of real estate agents I heard is at Panera. This was last summer. And they were discussing they can't even get someone to look at their property with all the crime going on. Mm, wow. That was a. I order over the conversation. You think this Minneapolis sham pollution reform bill is going to help? Absolutely not. And just thought I'd call up and uh, let you know about that conversation that I heard. It was that was quite uh, shocking. Was that a property right there in St. Louis Park where you are, Mark? No, they were talking about Minneapolis. Okay, I think it was a commercial property. Oh, okay. Um, but we've been hit too in St. Louis Park. That's a whole other story. Sure, so, sure. Um, so I just thought it's very telling comment by these real estate agents. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mark. We we appreciate the the call. And yeah, they're they're on the front lines. And um, yeah, I, I I certainly feel for anybody that's uh, that's in that kind of business. I mean, they want to do best by by their customers, but the the because they just uh, don't have uh, the wherewithal to do so, simply because you know people just don't want to be there and are relocating out of there. And I mean, we saw this uh, particularly during the draconian lockdowns. I mean, I. <sighs> It was just about a year ago, you know, I think it was the Omicron variant came out. You know, it was a more contagious variant, but less severe. St. Paul and Minneapolis instituted a mask mandate. You know, and it's crazy. I I remember um, I went to a subway in Golden Valley. uh, I think it was a little more than a year ago. And they, the city of Golden Valley had a mask mandate. And I didn't have a mask because I quit wearing masks after I got vaccinated the year before. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, I don't have a mask. So I guess I can't go in there. So I drove maybe five, 10 minutes to uh, suburb Plymouth where there was a different subway. So I, I literally just went 10 minutes away uh, from Golden Valley where they instituted a mask mandate. I mean, the the 
heavy-handed government, I think, in some of these big cities in these counties is definitely hampering things as well. So this idea that um, public safety isn't a factor at all, it's it's one of many factors, okay? And like I said, I, I think people, I mean, well, the infrastructure certainly isn't supporting the, the growth in the uh, kind of the uh, metro area. Not the city's proper, but just around the metro area, it, it takes a while to get anywhere, you know? And... As a result, people, if they have an opportunity, you know, the suburbs used to be the, the, the place to go. Well, now, you know, even that's getting overly crowded, and even that has been touched by some public safety issues. I, you know, I've mentioned this before. I live up in the city of Ramsey, and I, I've gotten to talk some, to some residents who first moved up there in the late 60s, early 70s, and that was the sticks. That was like, you know, or you talk about a rural area where, you know, you may see one or two cars a day. That's what, what Ramsey was like in the late 60s, early 70s, you know, where I live now. And now it's like a main suburban area. Now it's like a, I mean, think of a main suburban area like uh, a Shoreview or an Arden Hills or something where there's going to be a lot more cars going through there. And, and the residents, you know, I, I feel kind of sheepish because, you know, my wife and I moved there in 2008 and I, I almost feel like these residents are, are, are saying, you know, we're <laughs> we're part of the problem. But like I say, now that remote work is so prevalent and all you need is a laptop and some Wi-Fi and you could literally work anywhere, you know, despite the fact that your company is headquartered somewhere else. I mean, we have some friends that moved to the Seattle, Washington area, you know, a suburb of Seattle, Washington, uh, where the, the husband's company is located in, in Bloomington corporation but but you can go anywhere and people are realizing you know if i don't have to sit in traffic for uh, a couple hours a day you know round trip and be home that much sooner to to have that much more time with my family i mean with 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 how busy life is that that time is precious and the fact that it offers you more flexibility to kind of Go to and fro and do things with your family and for your family. I mean that that's a great thing about you know my my company where where I work recently uh, in as the pandemic has waned they realized that people enjoyed working from home and people were still very productive and so they instituted a policy where it's like hey if you want to make a, a prearrangement with your with your supervisor whether it's a a couple days a week or every day from home or just come in when there's we need to have face to face meetings or you actually have to check your inbox, you know, at your at your office. Feel free, and and it's and it's been a it's been a phenomenal thing. So I I guess the the point is is that now that there's a net migration out of these major cities, um, you know, I'm certainly no economics expert or real estate expert, but if people are deciding not to stay in these big cities. I mean, it is a serious question. Is that, could that possibly help with real estate? Because my gosh, I, I, I see St. Paul and I see some of the listings in St. Paul. My mother lives in Highland park and occasionally, you know, we see some for sale signs in these homes. And you're talking about these 1200 square foot homes that has like maybe two, two, maybe three bedrooms and one and a half baths. And, and the, and the price you have to pay for that. It's like, my wife and I just get sticker shock. It's like, goodness sakes, we'd be fortunate to sell our house for that up in the in the uh, in the suburb, you know, of Ramsey. And you know, we live in a four bedroom, five bath house, and yet we, and for what we'd sell it for, we'd be lucky to get a, a small home in in the city of St. Paul. So I I, I have to wonder if it's uh, if it's now uh, an opportunity. You know, if there is a uh, net uh, negative migration out of the cities, will that will that help with some of these real estate prices? Now that there would be, you know, more inventory because people aren't as eager to to move in, and these houses might sit on the market longer. I, I don't know. It'll be uh, interesting to, to uh, take a look at. So uh, we have Tom on line one. Okay, isolate us. There's Tom, we got about forty-five seconds. Uh, go ahead. In translation, there's going to be a translation. It says they're hyper-aggressive gangsters. They dictate my look. I don't know what that is, but uh, yeah, it sounded like uh, so, sounded like somebody was playing the radio in there. So, uh, Tom, it uh, wanted to talk about uh, so something along inflation issues, kind of off topic, anyway. So we'll just let that uh, call drop.
But I have some other local issues coming up. You know, the uh, legislative session is raising on, and some of the budget targets that the legislative leaders and Governor Walls have agreed upon, I think they're looking at a budget of close to $70 billion, you know, because they had that $17.5 billion surplus. Well, what they're finding out is even though they have that huge surplus, doesn't seem to be enough in the eyes of some people. Yeah, we'll come back and be talking about that. And take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for comments or questions. And I apologize, folks. We normally have the live stream up and running, but we're in a different studio today due to technical difficulties. So no live stream today, but we hope you'll tune in, give us a call, whatever. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Whether a lazy weekend spent up north enjoying Minnesota lake life, finding your favorite Juicy Lucy, or attending a music festival in the city, discovering bands that become the soundtrack of your summer, it is these precious fleeting moments experienced together that shape us and make us who we are. Plan your dream vacation at ExploreMinnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota Tourism. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America... Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. With me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So I saw this NPR news story that came across. Uh, this past week, saying as lawmakers dole out record surplus, many say they need more. Gee, who could have seen that coming? It's never enough. It's never enough. And and we, we've been talking about in this broadcast, and I know Mitch has talked about it on, on his broadcast, that after this money is all sucked up and not a not a penny of it will be returned to the taxpayers, you know, where they actually got it, that 
inevitably, whether it's the following biennium or the biennium after that, within the next couple bienniums, there will be a shortfall. Well, they'll do the forecast like, oh, my gosh, we're we're on pace to spend more than we're projected to bring in. <laughs> we're going to have how are we going to close that gap? Well, you know how they're going to close that gap. It's not going to be reducing spending. It's going to actually be uh, looking to increase taxes. I mean, as it is, there's proposals to increase taxes and fees on this uh, on this as it is. And I think it was Ronald Reagan who once said there's uh, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. You know, uh, it's it just it's just absolutely insane to me that, you know, people who are coming with their hands out and getting more money than they ever have before, it's never enough. And we we that was the big campaign pledge that the DFL was making, you know, during the 2022 uh, pitches to voters is that we're going to finally fully fund education. And my NARN colleague, Jack Tomczak, said, oh, goody, we're going to finally figure it out what fully funded means because they would never give you a number. They never go, well, we're going to fully fund. Great. How much is that? Well, it's, it's going to be fully funded. Okay. We we just going to uh, go with the chanting points? Are we going to give a number on that? And I don't know. I still don't know if they've... Um, uh, given a number on it, but this is from Dana Ferguson, NPR News. Hundreds of advocates for disabilities services packed the rotunda of the Minnesota Capitol Tuesday and yelled out their message to lawmakers, invest in us. The message is one that rang clear in committee hearings and Capitol events this week as dozens of interest groups and millions of Minnesotans got a clearer view of how state lawmakers plan to spend more than $70 billion over the next two years. Oh, my gosh. It was uh, 12 years ago when I started this show. I remember it was a it was a, a budget year in the legislature and it was just a, a, it, it the legislative session had wrapped up and they were going to a special session. And my show started June of 2011 and government was about to shut down and they were going to have to go to a special session. The budget was like 38 billion 12 years ago. So it, it's it's almost doubled. In 12 years. That's insane. Anyways, uh, with a historic $17.5 billion budget surplus and DFL control over trifecta, the governor's office, Senate, and House, uh, the Democrats are going to spend like crack whores with a gold card. Oh, no, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's my own commentary penciled in there. I'm sorry. Uh, Democratic leaders last week agreed to a budget framework. And this week, budget committees advanced a set of spending bills that cover all areas of state government. Typically, these steps come later in the legislative session, giving groups little time to press lawmakers for changes. But with eight weeks left, organizations that feel short-changed have come to the Capitol with a common refrain. Thanks, but we need more. And again, like I said, it's, it's, it's never, never going to be enough. It's a, this is all predictable. Like I said, ultimately, there's going to be a shortfall in the not-too-distant future and the solution is never cutting spending. And it's never addressing the egregious waste and fraud and abuse that takes place within our government. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this uh, in 2019, in the summer and into the fall, and even at the end of 2019, there was just utter ineptitude taking place within the Department of human services where money was being spent. Sometimes uh, money was being doled out more than was expected to some of these underserved communities. Well, what do you do when you dole out more money than you're supposed to? Do you go to these people and say, Hey, sorry, we gave you more money than we were supposed to give you. You know, there's a bunch of, uh, there was a breakdown in the system. There were some, uh, erroneous billings uh, any you know any chance we can get that back no you're not going to do that and there were there were this was outside the legislative session this was taking place in the summer and fall of 2019 you know the the legislative session typically ends in may so the, these were uh committee hearings that were being taken place and uh, former republican senator uh, michelle benson headed up the health and human services committee and she was chairing a lot of these meetings 
and how the leadership was utterly inept, and no one seemed to know what was going on. And all of a sudden, you've got these millions, close to maybe even a billion dollars, that no one could really make hay as how it got out when it shouldn't have. And, you know, we've heard of other scandals, uh, the... uh, the daycare subsidy scandal where money was being funneled elsewhere or the feeding our future scandal and how many untold millions in fraud has that undertaken and no one has been held accountable. Yet we have a $17 billion surplus here and not only is all of that going to be spent, people want more. And when the inevitable shortfall happens, like like I've just mentioned a couple of times now, you're gonna you're gonna seriously come back to the taxpayers and with your handout say yeah yeah we we kind of need to ask you for for a little bit more don't you want to live in a better Minnesota don't you want to be one Minnesota and take care of your, your your fellow man and yet with this blatant fraud that's taken place in a lot of these areas none of that's addressed and yet we're spending how much money and ensuring abortion on demand abortion right up to the moment of birth and driver's license for Ill- driver's licenses for illegal aliens and uh being a sanctuary state for uh for minors and you know quote unquote gender affirming care Th- those were the priorities right out of the shoot to to start the session so you know this this kind of ties in a little bit with what i was talking about the first couple of segments about how the metro area, specifically in, within Ramsey and, and uh, Hennepin County, are seeing a net loss in population. Well, pretty soon that's going to be happening statewide. I mean, the last redistricting in in twenty twenty two, you know, when the when uh, redistricting was taking place, Minnesota came very very close to losing a congressional seat. They barely edged out New York. For losing a congressional seat, you know, because of the population that declined. So in 10 years, 2032, when the next redistricting takes place, are we going to be so fortunate again? You know, because we're already losing population. And I don't see that getting any better with what we're hearing here. Again, I, I don't know if people pay as close attention to the numbers. But like I say, I was talking about this, you know, 12 years ago when my show first got started about how when Republicans had control of the House and Senate and basically they were willing to spend every cent that was available. And I think they came out with a budget of about you know, $38 billion. And eventually when Governor Dayton, then Governor Dayton, went around the state to try to demagogue the government shutdown and blame Republicans and realize, and people were realizing, wait a minute, what? The government shut down? When did that happen? Uh, then I think he realized, yeah, I better take that deal. And okay, and the budget twelve years ago is half of what of the seventy billion that they're proposing now. That's insane. And it doesn't seem like we're getting what we're paying for. And in fact, you know, speaking of the COVID pandemic, how many untold millions was flying out with little to no oversight? And no documentation to indicate where the money was going. How many millions were wasted there? No one really knows. Or they may know, but they don't want to say anything. So, really, you know, we've been talking about this. Uh, people talking about, okay, 2024, that's a make or break year. The Republicans have to take back the House because there's no way. Because if Republicans don't take back the House in 2024, that means an additional two years of full DFL control. That means four consecutive years of full DFL control. The state's not going to survive that. And people are wondering already about the next election cycle. How can we get Republicans to at least take back the House, kind of stem the tide of this damage? And I think we're asking the wrong questions. I think it's going to take, you know, just voting with your feet, people moving on. And unfortunately, a lot of those will be conservative voters my wife and i are talking very seriously about that of of leaving the state and then it truly is going to turn into a cold california where you're going to see these absurd majorities for for democrats at the state and and uh, national levels i don't wish that for the state and i hope that doesn't happen 
even even if my wife and I do move out. I, I hope that does not happen here. But I, I, unless the people demand more, I, I don't see how any of this is going to change. You know, especially when taking too much money from the taxpayers to the tune of 17 plus billion dollars is seen as a good thing. And no, look at this. The state is fiscally healthy. Well, give it two years, give it four years when all of a sudden they start shrieking about a budget shortfall. And then are you going to ask, wait, wait, wait a minute. How how does something like that happen? So I I just uh, like I said, this this was all utterly predictable about how every red cent of the surplus was going to be whittled away. And as soon as the DFL took full control after election night, uh, anybody that was shrieking, you know, give it back, give it back, it's like, no, nah, that 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 ship has sailed. No way any of that uh, surplus is coming back to the taxpayers where it came from. So uh, sorry to be a downer, folks, uh, but I think we're already seeing the trends. Again, this, this kind of interconnects with this, the story I was talking about uh, Recently, in the first couple of um, first couple of segments, is people leaving the metro area. So if it's if it's people to have a tendency to be more conservative of their voting records, can they go places to suburban areas or outstate areas that are barely DFL controlled? You know, the, where the DFL rep barely won, and then you could maybe balance out the power. But unless unless that happens, uh, boy, it's um, like I said, I think twenty twenty four. Like we've been talking about a lot on the show, it's going to be kind of a uh, a make or break for the state. So certainly keep an eye upon it. One final segment coming up this hour. Brad Carlson, the closer, 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Back with another segment, one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. Twelve eighty, the Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. There are many storms that go through Minnesota every year. Don't call the first guy that knocks on your door. Look to us, locally owned estate claim services. Hi, I'm Alex Escoto. At Estate Claim Services, we're not a storm-chasing company. We are here when you need us and will be around long after we finish your job. We've earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau because we take care of our customers like you. Last year, we had a homeowner who had a leak, and they were very upset. We verified the roof was not the cause and found out it was actually coming from one of their older windows, something we didn't originally repair. But we took care of it anyway. We strive for 100% satisfaction every time, and we'll do the same for you. Check us out online at estateclaimservices.com or give us a call at 651-309-1114. You can trust locally owned estate claim services. Customers call them the honest roofers. Alex and his crew will be around long after your work is done. Search for estate claim services online today. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. 
Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. I'm up on the tight wire. One side's ice and one is fire. Hey, welcome back. I'm Tommy the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN show for comments or questions. Always, we appreciate you tuning in. Is the caller still on line one? Okay. Uh, Richard from Minneapolis is on line one. Hey, Richard, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network, sir. Yes, hello. Uh, you know, I wonder if anybody saw this article on Wednesdays. Star Tribune says concerns raised about vulnerability of virtual endorsing process. It says the Minneapolis DFL party has disqualified hundreds of delegates in the city council race where concerns their identities could not be verified. Mm. For example, they got this uh, Martinez was running against uh, council member uh, Jeremiah Ellison, the fifth ward. They, disqualified 358 delegates for him and uh, one or two others. Uh, I think of the rotten politics and the why they have to hold a virtual caucus instead of in-person. You know, everybody else has opened up to in-person. And then I got a complaint about another article about two or three Sundays ago. Uh, it was in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. It says the uh, Minneapolis or the... Uh, the 2040 plan hatched by the DFL and the Waltz, uh, they plan to be carbon-free by 2040. Right. And then the Tribune says, well, it's going to cost millions, billions, or billions, because uh, they got to build all these transfer lines. they got to, uh, and they expect a, at least a 3% increase a year. We hope it's just 3%. It's going to cost billions. There's where a shortfall is going to come, like I've been talking about. Yeah, we, we've got a surplus this uh, this budget cycle, but yeah, we're going to be having some shortfalls with those with those kind of dollars being thrown around, Richard. Yeah, I mean uh, it's insane. I got to move out. Yeah, we appreciate the call, thank you, sir. I I had not heard about uh, the uh, the issue with the virtual meetings and the delegates for uh, the city council races. I had not heard about that. Um, and yeah, that that I guess that's the first thing that strikes me is why are we still meeting virtually in some areas? But then again, it's Minneapolis, and like we talked about, it was I think it was a little more than a year ago when the Omicron started to to rage that St. Paul and Minneapolis tried to institute a mask mandate uh, for bars and restaurants, which was the silliest thing ever. I mean, you could see. I mean, if a person, I I I, I don't remember the specifics, but. I think you had to show proof of a uh, uh, of um, negative COVID test, I think, uh, something along those lines. So basically a, a person could walk in that was snotting at the nose, look like warmed over death, but, hey, I got a negative COVID test. It's like, okay, you're good, come on in. But then a perfectly healthy individual um, couldn't just walk in there and they could have they could have the virus and not – I mean, it just was silly. It was silly, but we don't need to go back down that road again. So, uh, didn't uh, didn't have a chance. I, I thought I might uh, weigh in on the Trump indictment. It finally happened uh, Thursday evening, where uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg decided to uh, take on the case, and the grand jury voted to indict Trump in the matter of a one hundred thirty thousand dollar payment made to adult film star. Stormy Daniels, in exchange for her silence about an affair she claims she had with Donald Trump about a decade earlier. Trump, of course, has uh, denied the affair. Now, I guess he's going to be arraigned on Tuesday. You know, he'll come in, you know, turn himself in. He'll get fingerprinted, get the mug shot. He's not going to be in handcuffs or an orange jumpsuit or anything. So uh, the progs, uh, you know, probably were just giddy over the prospects of that. But uh, as conservative commentator Eric Erickson has said, uh, there's going to be photos of that mugshot circulated, and Trump's probably going to sell them. 
sell photo, autographed uh, photos of his mugshot and raise money for his 2024 presidential campaign. Because this has just turned him into a sympathetic figure. There are even, I mean, the, the, the conservative stooges that is the Washington Post editorial board, even they're saying, ah, you know what, this Trump indictment, yeah, that's a, that's a poor test case for prosecuting a former president. I mean, we get it. The one thing we keep hearing from those uh, like the shrill hags at The View, people who are not serious people that desperately just want to see Trump uh, go away. And I want to see him go away, but I want to see him go away under uh, legitimate under legitimate legal proceedings or just losing in the GOP primary. OK, but if we're going to pull this banana republic stuff, that's not good for the long term uh, sustainability of this country. But when you have progressives saying that this is not a good idea and that, uh, you know, and they also say, well, nobody is above the law, not even an ex-president. We can all agree on that. But the exact opposite is also true. If you would not be going after someone else in similar circumstances, or if you're like this Manhattan DA where you're trying not to fill up the jails so these violent offenders, you're giving a slap on the wrist, then this all smacks of a politically motivated procedure here. And again, I say this as someone who desperately wants to see Trump go away and never come back again. But I want to see him defeated in the 2024 primary. And guess what else this does? There are some other legitimate legal woes that Trump is suffering, like the scrutiny for the January 6th riots, as well as the uh, uh, the grand jury that's gathered in, in Georgia. OK, there those are some legitimate issue, issues there. But if this con- if this is eventually found out to be nothing more than a legal witch hunt, sorry to borrow a phrase that the president says ad nauseum. But if indeed this turns out to be what many suspect is a legal witch hunt. And how much is that going to undermine these other cases I just talked about? His other legal woes. And you have nobody but yourself to blame. And now all of a sudden, bringing up scrutiny about how Alvin Bragg was, his campaign was funded in large part by George Soros dollars. All of a sudden, they're deflecting attention away from that. saying, well, invoking George Soros, well, that's that's anti-Semitism. These are not serious people. And if you think that this is something that's going to bring down Trump... um, you're sadly mistaken, and you have no one but yourselves to blame if you prop him up again to be the candidate in 2024, and he happens to win. So, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back, beer moments, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network, back in a few. Immaculate Conception School is now accepting enrollment applications for fall 2023. Financial aid and scholarship funding still available. Schedule a tour today. Learn why Immaculate Conception School is your child's firm foundation. Search Immaculate Conception School. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school. Plus, all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. 
If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog water softener now at Commerce Water. You'll also save an average of 700 gallons of water and over 300 pounds of salt this year. Do it right the first time with wet technology from Commerce.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.